Are we doing music? Are we doing music? Hey, hey, I'm not Big Ray, and I'm not here to stay, but what I have to say is that I'm here today for the A-Show with April Hunter. Woo! <laughs> The A-Show. Where smart is the new sexy. And now, April Hunter. Hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome, welcome. So it's nice to see everybody here. I am joined by my lovely former co-host, Not Big Ray, also known as Colin Wysong, which I am thrilled to death to see. Thank you for standing in for big ray who's not so big anymore he's not so big anymore he's no not so he's, big anymore. he's he's gonna be jealous when shelly shows up in the middle of the show i know i know she shows up and, and speaking of showing up we may have a guest razor fist may be joining us I, I i didn't get complete confirmation on this but if he joins us that would be awesome uh if not we have so much material to talk about and i'm sure you guys would like to join in as well so welcome to chuck and ally big wig uh winona hi 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 yes super girl that's me <laughs> i had I, I thought i lost half my shoot the photographer went home and i was looking for all my pictures and like all the super girl pictures were gone like all the biking pictures were gone like all this literally half the stuff that i shot for that week was gone i was like oh my god um so yeah that was that was that was not fun and i wasn't getting a response back from my friend because he just hit the ground running and went right back to work and back to doing this thing. So um, the last two days I was like, <laughs> so, so I still have pictures to send out and, and do, but yeah, I, I have them. And uh, thanks to everybody being patient with me. If you order customs. Oh my gosh, we have one named Wedgie Dude. I love that name. Wedgie Dude, AB Twitch Alex, Dark Side, Big Kenny. Hi, you guys. It's nice to see you with us tonight. I'm digging and the thank you tonight, April. Oh, really? I, like the I, I was just trying to grab something, like, quick. So I found one of my old shirts, and I was like, oh, I like it. I dig it. And is, is it, was the belt just an accessory thing that you threw around it? No, it's like, it's a gimmick. It's like, it's oh, gimmick. it's part of it. Okay. Because okay. Yeah, I know that's like, a, that was the fashion thing that came out a while ago, yeah. where, where girls were just throwing belts around it. Just Anything. We're throwing belts around whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. Around yeah. So I'm and, actually, uh, I actually am wearing something special tonight. So I know you know uh, Strangler Steve King. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you know Teresa King, uh, she has a business where it's called Cats Where It's At, and they do shirts. And this is one of the shirts. It's a Cosmic Kitty uh, oh. shirt that I got from her store. I um, like so that. Shout out to uh, Cats Where It's At. Uh, definitely go and check out their store and uh, grab grab a few things. They had a little pin. It was a cat and a burrito, and it said Burrito. And I thought that was really, I almost got it. I almost got the, the cat thing. That, that would suit you. Do they do anything with ginger cats? They have all kinds of different cats. Yeah, they, they have uh, all, like she has a wide assortment of different shirts, hats, pins, all kinds of things that you can get. They have socks, everything. Oh, my uncle and my aunt are like ginger cat fiends. And I always try and pick them up something ginger cat-ish. So yeah, have my family's kind of gingers for some reason. I don't <laughs> I, oh my god! I, I enjoy Maine. I would like like my cousin had a Maine coon that just showed up at the Me house too. one day, and that thing was like when when it met her, she was like it was like ten years old, and then she had lived in this house for like another ten to twelve years old, and this thing was still just going. and And I don't know if it's because it mostly was an outside cat, 
and it lived off of whatever it was outside. But he meowed the loudest. He was just the most cuddly cat in the world. And then he'd come bring you presents and everything. Like he had to be 20 some years old. Yeah. My, my, I've had two Maine Coons. Both of them have been obese. One I put on a diet and he gained three pounds and went to 26 pounds. Um, they are large, large cats that are just a, a shade underneath of being a dog. He was trained. I was like, give me kisses. He would give kisses. It was, you can be okay. You can be all right. Okay. Um, yeah, he was, he was a great cat. He lived to be 17 years old and I got the other one. I adopted him at five. So they're Viking cats. Really? Yeah. They're, they're they part keep of them on the ships. Yeah. They were part of the Norwegian, um, Norwegian, uh, forest cats. They're from that, that grouping where they brought them over to, to help. Uh, yeah, because they they, they like thing. water. They like they they're they very they, yeah. they enjoy kids and people messing with them and stuff like We're that. Always in the most pool. part, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I saw a really cool story about a cat that was on a bunch of ships that uh, sank. They so they called it the luckiest cat, um, and he ended up on like three or four different ships, and all of them sank. And he would be like <laughs> the only thing left. They'd find him like floating on a piece of debris out in the ocean. <laughs> And finally, they retired him because they realized, like, you're bad luck. If you're on this ship, the ship yeah, might, might not have been so lucky. <laughs> so um, I wanted to say, OK, so there's a couple questions that came in and Kaz wrote to us. Kaz, don't worry about it. It's, it's we had a whenever I have a guest, there's always a backup. So if he's able to come, awesome. We would love to have him. If you can't, we have something planned, so it's all good. Um, either way, she's in the wrestling business for so long, Kaz. Card subject yeah. to change. You you gotta be able to 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 improvise. Think on your feet. Move. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. I see. Um. Oh, where did it go? There's another question. Wedgie dude asked if I'm still friends with Velvet Sky. I am. I swear. Did I see her? I just saw her in Tampa. Um. I guess two two months ago when they were. When they were, came through town and she was with NWA, she's announcing with them. Obviously, I think everybody knows that. So I went, you know, saw her backstage and hung out with her a little bit. And we are still friends. So, uh, and I saw her last year for WrestleCon and hung out and we hit the Patron a little bit during the show <laughs> and after the show. And it was she and I and Angelina. So we had a good time. Matter of fact, Angelina posted this afterwards and then it just came up in my memories and i reposted it the other day is this one from a few years ago it's like the three of y'all uh standing yeah together it's like from, a con. yeah it was last well it was last year so yeah. there you go oh yeah i oh, remember that go. one i can never get it right so yeah we are still friends so hope that answers that there's a lot of people like think that we had beef for her or something no we don't have beef so um we're cool let's see where are we on on questions here anybody have any other questions <laughs> he, he said do you have any good wedgie stories do i have good wedgie stories um i probably do but you'd have to tip me handsomely for it <laughs> and i mean handsomely yeah see ab twitch <laughs> feels the same that i do as well he's he, that outfit's nice thank you thank and you chuck thank said you. it's a good color Thank you. I love purple. Feel free to send me things in purple. I will wear them. <laughs> so, yeah, so lots of stuff's happened. Um, oh, yeah, well, as, you know what? You want to start with this JD. one here? Yeah. Hey, JD. Um, you, I just found this out. Colin just told me. So I guess Terry Funk officially for real this time retired. Rest in peace. 
So I was, uh, wow. What, what, um, you, you know more about this than I do. Well, I don't know exactly how I just heard that he passed away. I didn't see exactly how I can definitely search it. Do you have any, any real fond memories of, of Terry Funk or any interactions that you had, uh, with, with the Funkster? Not a lot. He, I, you know, I worked, I worked quite a few indie shows where he was around and he was always very, very pleasant, very cheerful. And I don't, I never had anything bad to say about him. He was, you know, he was Terry Funk and kind of the way you see him, he was a gentleman, you know, that old school wrestling gentleman. So, yeah. you know, kind of like, like Luke Bushwhacker and like this guy, you know, that, that group of guys from that era, a lot of them were just like super cool dudes. And, uh, yeah, always, always quick to rib around and play around, and but they were still gentlemen, decent guys. So, so it doesn't look like there's much that has come out about his death. So it could have just been, you know, through natural causes or old age. I mean, you know, he, you, we, we all saw what Terry, Terry Funk did out there for the wrestling business all his career. So, yeah, I mean, I think some of my fondest memories of him were were probably when he was Chainsaw Charlie. Uh, pairing up with with mankind and and just going out there and just you didn't even know it was Terry Funk he just had the mask on mm-hmm. and just acting crazy and stuff like that I I, I those were probably the, my fondest memories of him because that's when that's kind of the era of of wrestling in which I watched him kind of that the end of his ECW days up until like I knew who Terry Funk was like with his deathmatch wrestling and all that type of stuff like his great matches with with uh, Cactus Jack and uh, Mick Foley who we've had on the show and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, you know, I wonder what Mick's going through right now. I mean, because you know they were really close. They, they were, were close. close. That's the first thing I thought of when you said it. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that one's it, tough for that. Yeah, that's got to be tough for Mick right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the some of the, some of the people in wrestling are end up being kind of what we call you know lifers. Mm-hmm. They spend their life in the business. And it's funny. You never think that's going to happen. You think on a looks based business that you're, you know, by the time you get to like 38 years old, you're old and yeah, you know, 35 years old. It's like, Oh my God, I'm old. I'm going to get out of here. And then 38 comes and 39 comes and then 40 comes. And you're like, I'm old. I definitely should get out of here. And then 40 comes and you're still in it. Your 45 comes. And it's like, I'm still doing okay. I guess. And it's like, <laughs> I hear it all the time from other people that are like in their, you know, forties, fifties, even sixties. I mean, look at, look at Al Snow. And they spend this lifetime in this business, but they find a way to give back and and do for the business. And Terry was one of those people. He just he found a way to, to not only just be in the business, but be the business. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, yeah, and, and uh, Eva was asking if we're live on Rumble tonight. We also. are not live on Rumble. Ray will put it up later. Okay. Um, yeah, as as kind of a a, a recorded thing. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, Flair. Yeah. Somebody said something about Flair in the chat. I mean, you would think that, I mean, Flair's probably another one that's going to be affected by Terry Funk's death. Cause I'm pretty sure they were close mm-hmm. as well. And, and it's, you know, it's kind of like Flair was out in the news more than Terry Funk was. So this is definitely a lot more surprising. Cause I don't think a lot of people had, were really talking about Terry Funk. I think he'd really kind of gone back into the, the shadows necessarily and out of the limelight. And so this was definitely kind of out of nowhere. I'm, I'm assuming uh, a lot of people probably didn't didn't see this coming. And uh, JD says, "I saw Al Snow uh, recently, and wow, he's in the best shape of his life." Yeah, a lot of people are. Um, it, it's weird um, how people are in better shape older now. Um, I remember when my parents were my age, I was like, 
I, I feel like they, I just thought they were so old. And I feel like now I need to go back and apologize to everybody who was 40. In their 40s, I need to go back and apologize to people who were in their 40s and 50s and say, you know, when I was like, man, you're so old, I need to go back and say, I'm sorry, you weren't that old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you have to think of the advances of medicine too, right? I, like, like um, Hulk Hogan was actually on a Joe Rogan's podcast, the most recent one that came out, and he's talking about how he, you know, all, all everyone going down to Panama, going down to Colombia, going down to all those foreign countries to go get the stem cell stuff done, yeah. and it's helped him, it's helped Nash, yeah. it's helped I all I these guys. Nash gave me a whole protocol for it. Yeah, and and Hogan had the same thing. It. Hogan was like, I, I, he's like, if if I could get it here in America. You can't where, get the amount you need in well, America. But he said he it. probably needs to do it every week. You know, yeah. as battered and bruised as, as Hulk is, he probably needs it like every week instead of going yeah. down and fin spending a few months type of thing, right, to really get him regenerated. But he said he's seen things, or either him or Joe were saying, where they've seen where the stem cells have completely cured rotator cuff tears where you can't even see the tear. It looks just like That's a brand Nash new told me. rotator cuff and everything. Yeah, he said that they they piled it on for him, and six months later, he started feeling pretty good. And then he gave me his doctor's name. And Kaz said um, to send the link on Twitter. He's waiting. I did. I, uh, I did. Uh, okay. Kaz, have him check the uh, the A Show Twitter account. I uh, I'm pretty sure I sent it to him. Okay. Uh, just a second ago. Let me double check. I have conspiracy theories. I want to talk about. There he is. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I, <laughs> hey. ladies and gentlemen, uh, Razor Fist. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Oh, that was adventure music. <laughs> you are a word wizard. I am thrilled to death to have Razor Fist on this show. Thank you so much for showing up. We're Thank sorry you. that you're late. This is obviously our fault, so we apologize. It's actually mine. I missed your link entirely for it. Uh, I, I And I had the time zone difference. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't even think about the time zone. I, I apologize. apologize profusely. Thank you for having me on. Um, April, I've been a fan for many, many years. So Have you? Yes, yes, yes. Very, <laughs> well, very, you. very happy to uh, finally make your acquaintance. Thank you. I just watched one of your rants this morning and I was very, very, uh, I like your view on the parties and the separatism and the identity politics. Oh, the, uh, you're talking about the, where I was talking about sort of the religious underpinnings. Yes. I've been current. saying that for ages that people are using their parties as their religion now. Uh, you know, a clip ideally demonstrates this fact that I just saw this morning where there was, it was like a man on the street bit and the guy was walking around. I think it was downtown LA actually. And he's just talking to random people and he runs into a girl with more hair colors than personality traits. And uh, he's talking to her asking her random questions. And um, she says, I don't like either of the politicians. And she's like, okay, so you don't like Biden? Not really. You don't like Trump. Oh, I hate him. And the guy follows up with, well, why don't you like Trump? And she pauses for a moment. She's kind of like, um, him and Han. And she finally just says, well, first off, I'm gay. And it's like, <laughs> that is a microcosm of the problem right there. It, it, it's not immediately defaulting to your positions or beliefs. Yeah. It's immediately defaulting to your identity. Yes. And so it becomes part and parcel of who you are to hold yes. whatever position or, or more accurately, whatever allegiance you happen to adhere to. So, 
Yeah, I would I would agree with you. That's why I was I was pretty excited that you were willing to come on and 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 have uh, maybe some talks about some of the stuff going on in the world today. Yeah, yeah, so God, you're, you're prolific. <laughs> More than happy to. Thank you for having me on. And uh, sir, good to make your acquaintance as well. I, oh, thank you, Razor Fist. I am not Big Ray. Um, <laughs> her normal, her normal co-host. I was, it was one of her original producers. Um, and and actually, you know, the hottest uh, button topic uh, would probably be the uh, plane crash that happened in Russia today with the uh, the, the leader of the Wagner Group. Uh, uh, supposedly, probably being on that list of people on that airplane. Who knows? Who knows in a few months if he pops up in like Moscow, like, haha, gotcha, bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. That's interesting. Uh, and apparently, every <laughs> everyone's vacillating between blaming Russia and uh, three letter agencies. Yes. So, <laughs> which is rather, rather typical. The entire situation, it was, it was kind of amazing watching the immediate reaction to the sort of not quite a coup that happened weeks ago, because it was sort of, it was a rare instance where no one wanted to state in the definitive what had actually occurred, where it was like, you would think the media would immediately jump to they were trying to oust Putin, but it turned out that it was really more of a quarrel between the head of the Wagner group and one of the uh, prominent generals in Russia who is looking to basically squeeze um, uh, Prigozhin out of his business opportunity, which is like a billion dollar industry that he was behind there. And he was pissed about losing that business opportunity. So I'm not entirely sure that Putin has that much incentive to have him off, uh, to, to put it bluntly, because the quarrel really was between Prigozhin and someone else, not not between him. Although it undoubtedly made Putin look really, really shitty for that to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. April Colin knows Colin knows a lot more about this particular topic than I do. It is not my area of expertise. I know a little bit, but it's not, not much. the media's either, as we've all learned. Yeah, no. That I have noticed. <laughs> that, that that was what was quite suspect about it all is that when it was going down, a lot a lot of American media was really talking about it. You were just seeing it kind of all over uh, the X and a lot of social media sites and everything, and the mainstream media wasn't really talking about it. And then that's when you didn't maybe the seriousness of it wasn't quite there with like you're saying it, it was just kind of a quarrel people were trying to make it out to be something that it wasn't and that's probably why the mainstream media didn't quite grab onto it and use it uh kind of as a tool as they have been with a lot of their misinformation campaigns. yeah and, and and the assertion that some people made and i think i even adhered to to a degree was it almost felt like putin was trying to smoke out dissidents within his own government a little bit you know what i mean because it was like they they went pretty far into you know the belly of the beast and then they just sort of turned around and went home and it was like all it, 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 that's the kind of thing that you see in authoritarian regimes when they want to fumigate the fuckbags in their own midst right you, know, <laughs> yeah. you do and of course you immediately got called a conspiracy theorist for that i don't even spread conspiracy theories anymore i just call them dropping spoilers okay yeah, that's the yeah, spoiler, spoiler alerts right spoiler. it's sneak previews at this point we're actually running out of conspiracy theories because they're being proven so rapidly <laughs> so so let me ask you a couple questions about you first off so you are very very popular on twitter very popular on youtube what are, what's your information for anybody here that might not already be following you yeah, um, well, I've been on YouTube for a long time. I started out, so a, a 
my formal education is in political science. Mm -hmm. And I started out in political radio many, many, many moons ago. And then when I got on YouTube, I decided to go the complete opposite direction and just review entertainment. And then 2016 happened. And <laughs> it's like there were all these people speculating on politics who didn't actually have a background in it. And I had already mixed political analogies and the odd sort of socio-political rants into my uh, repertoire. And so it was just a natural evolution to start talking about politics a little bit more. But I'm not primarily a political channel. It's very much a grab bag. One of the things I love about my channel is I've kind of programmed my audience to the point where I can sort of talk about whatever the fuck I want because it's like you're sort of selling the style of the video rather than necessarily the subject matter. So I kind of talk about whatever I want to, and it just so happens that I have an education and background in political science. So it's one of the topics I talk about with some frequency. Yeah, that tends to happen. I found that doing a, I, I came from a wrestling podcast background and people got tired of us talking about wrestling because the products were, were just terrible. Oh, that, so they, that they were like, I want to hear y'all talk about other things. So like it right? helped us branch out into doing, you know, conspiracy talk, movies, just ridiculously it's random things. It's not conspiracy. That, that, yeah, it's, it's fact. It's factual. It's Dude, factual. It shit, it shit is moving so fast these days. All the conspiracy theorists are now just theorists. I, that's it. That's called theorists because it's just, it's, they have, it's, it's amazing how brainwashing works. Like for example, Marco. Right. So you guys aren't brainwashed. Right. Exactly. So, but normally you'll Marco somebody else polo because you can take a young generation and, and teach them and then we'll yell polo. So <laughs> that's where we're at. So yeah, you, we're going to call ourselves conspiracy theorists until we stop calling ourselves conspiracy theorists. But yes, you can, um, you are really rageaholic. That's the name of the show. But yeah, razor fist is just the sort of handle I use online. It was already what was attached to the channel. doesn't have any special meaning. Rageaholic was because early on our, and honestly, I didn't like the name that much because I don't really rage. Uh, it's more of like a rant, kind of a Dennis Miller or a Sam Kinison sort of a thing. I'm very inspired by a lot of stand-up comedians, Bill Hicks and Dennis uh, Miller. Bill and Hicks is like the that. So I kind of apply that to whatever I'm commenting on. So it's really more of a rantaholic, to be perfectly honest. But whatever, it's stuck, so people know it. There you go. <laughs> and I don't get to decide these things. That's awesome. Yeah. That's true. So I have a theory now for I write you guys. books and do all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, you're an author. You do. You also uh, talk about gaming. I saw that quite a bit. Yes, I started out reviewing '80s action movies of the Dick Cheese variety, the the Sylvester Stallone like '80s kind of. That's why I wear the aviator sunglasses because the first movie I reviewed was Cobra. Okay, um, it, it just became part of the uniform after that. Um, but yeah, I started out with action movies, then I started reviewing games, and it just kind of evolved from there. And now I'm publishing comics. Um, I got a Western comic, The Ghost of the Badlands, that's going to be coming out either at the end of this year or the beginning of next, uh, that, God, blew up on Indiegogo, like raised like $360,000, something like that, just some insane amount. Um, and people are really excited for it, and I'm excited to give it to people. So, yeah, and now I'm branching out in all different directions. That's awesome. Yeah, I awesome. um. We had a uh, Roland Mand on here, Roland Mand on here, and he's a independent comic creator and he has his own company as well as a comic teacher at um, 
comic book, you know, all of it, history teacher at Full Sail University. And one of the things he teaches is that if you're in entertainment and you can do comics, no matter what you're doing, you should still keep one foot in comics and graphic novels. It's a good way for even if you were looking to like direct things or mm -hmm. write books or whatever, mm -hmm. it has a lot of crossover, right? Because yep. a lot of movies are adapted from comics. A lot of games are adapted from comics. If you wanted to get into video games or whatever. Yep. And it's a good way to um, kind of keep your chops up in terms of storytelling. It's kind of nuts. I wrote two pulp novels um, in a separate series that were just prose, right? They were illustrated, but they were prose. And um, that was what I did before this. And when I went to write a comic, which is the first time I've only written a comic, I'm, I'm also a comic artist. I usually draw them as well. But this time I decided to just write it and do some design and whatever. I found that having written books, it like made the enterprise of writing comics a thousand times easier. Because I kind of knew all the beats to hit. And it was like, oh, this is just like a way more efficient way of telling the same story I already wanted to tell. It's like a thousand times more streamlined. I love it. I absolutely love it. Have you ever done any game writing? You might really like that. Never had the opportunity to. Never had, you know, video, making video games is, I liken it to when I was growing up, I loved cartoons. And I, being a kid, you find out that the way that cartoons are made is you draw lots of pictures. Well, I was an artist. I was like, oh, I'm going to make cartoons for a living. And then you find out that you you actually draw 50,000 minor variations of the same picture over and over again. And you're like, you know what? That sounds incrementally less awesome. I'm going to yep. go ahead and not do that. Um, I, I think I'm going to watch cartoons instead. That sounds a lot more entertaining. Same thing yeah. with video games, right? Because it's... Yeah. I like video games, but I think I like playing them a lot more than I would like making them. Well, at least you're honest. I, I've, I've written uh, some games and it's like, I don't know if you remember the choose your own adventure books. Yes. But that's what it's like to write a video game. You, you have to, you know, if you want to go to, if the, you know, if, if you want to go here, go to page 43. If the person doesn't break up with the girl, go to page 27. And right. that's, that's video game writing right there. No, that's awesome. So, but no, that that sounds like you're you're very enterprising and entrepreneurial, and you're all over the place, and that's really cool. I love creative people. Yeah, I made a video called "Don't Cry About the Culture, Become the Culture." Mm -hmm. There's a lot of bad that's entertainment and socio-politically infused, sort of vaguely propagandistic entertainment, and a lot of people bitch and bloviate about it on the interwebs. And, and I think that's important. I think it's important to give scathing criticism of some of this stuff, but I think it's also important to have something that countervails against that. Something that stands in opposition in some way, create something. Don't just comment on it, you know, create. And even if that means covering it, because like media criticism is, is an act of creation too. I think mm -hmm. building the media around independent kind of creations like uh, you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Eric July's new comic uh, I saw which raised an insane total two point whatever million dollars and uh, wound up outselling DC and Marvel comics oh, wow. and all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. All that stuff is great, but what's even more encouraging is seeing people pop up around it who are actually covering it. 
There's a mm -hmm. website called Iron Age Media. I, I called it the Iron Age, this kind of new age of independent, unfettered creativity. And uh, so there's this new website called Iron Age Media that covers it all, does a podcast about it and all kinds of stuff. It's really, really betcha. Is that what they're referring to this current age as, the Iron Age? Yeah. I love that. That's really cool. Well, that was, that was my my formulation. Was okay, like, okay, I like it. You had the Bronze Age of comics, the Golden the Age, the Silver, Silver Age. Age. Yep. Okay, we're not quite as pretty or ornate as the Golden Age. You know, we might not have the prestige of the Silver Age, but we hammer it the fuck out, right? Like, <laughs> like an iron to anvil. So that I like was my, it. <laughs> my thought process. That's actually really good. I like that. About the Iron Age of creation, just in general these days. Exactly. My my whole hypothesis is. If you have to ask for permission, the answer is usually no, because people- Yeah, ask for forgiveness. That's actually one of the questions I have for you in here. Well, you should know, you come from a business that's all about job protection, right? Uh -huh. People will yep. deliberately mislead people, lead them astray, politic behind their back, out of I, job I preservation. Just had this conversation with somebody. I said, it is no wonder that so many wrestlers, I said, it's such a uh, politically- prolific business it's no wonder so many people get out of it and go into politics and do very very well yeah. because it is a first class lesson in in business politics and psychology yeah and your, your own boss you kind of have have to have it's, your it's own crazy thing. you have to sell yourself in a lot of ways you yeah. have to be able to promote yourself without any aid often um especially with the utter dog shit writers they have now like yeah <laughs> you know the biggest way to kill someone's career right I, I don't know. One of the one of the contributing ways to, to kill somebody's career is to compliment them. <laughs> I can see that. You get that, right? You understand that. I think I can see what you're driving at there. Yeah, you compliment somebody, tell them they're so great, they're so great, they're so great. They, if it's the, they're the type of person who will lay back and start gliding instead of working harder, yeah. it'll it'll help. It'll kill the career. So you can kill them with compliments. Yeah, another way I, I put that is, and I guess this applies to anything, being a boss, I've been a manager at different businesses and whatever in the past, and being a boss, being in a relationship even, one of, like, the most hateful thing you can do to somebody isn't to motherfuck them, it's to, to hold them to zero standards whatsoever. Yeah. It's like it's an act of unbridled hatred. Right. Yeah, it is. You're right. You're not, you're doing them no favors and coddling them. Same thing. You're not helping. I think the old axiom is the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. I like that. So I wanted to, I had a couple topics today and I wanted to ask your opinion on some of these to see where, where, where your brain is at because you have such an interesting open brain with some things. <laughs> <laughs> so we're being told okay. there you go exactly exactly well more, a little more than that like what, what is your opinion on the uh the the narrative about climate change <laughs> and how that's being fed to us nonstop about everything that's going wrong right now i was just wondering what do you see there as far as truths what do you see there as far as fiction what do you see there what do you see that's being omitted from the story? Since we're only ever told part of the story, we don't yeah. get to know all the information. Nobody's ever privy to know all the information. 
What do you see missing from this narrative? And hi to everybody joining us late. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for being here. <laughs> the the narrative I think is a primer for policy. If you okay. see it, if you see any media narrative that becomes ubiquitous, it usually is priming the pump for some manner of policy decision. And right now, the the big kind of watchword and the thing that's kind of giving away the grift is net zero carbon emissions, right? Mm-hmm. It's that thing, which really, if you analyze it, means regression technologically. What they're planning to do, I think, is it, it's, it's all about kind of being able to seize control of certain industries. Um, you look at... It, a lot of people interpret the push for electric vehicles as, okay, who benefits? Qui bono, right? Who's who's making their nut on these? And that's true. Like there are certain people who are profiting from electric vehicles. But I think the end game is electric vehicles are actually less sustainable than fossil fuel cars, mm-hmm. right? Because of the rare earth minerals that have to be mined uh, for the batteries. And also because of disposal being so toxic and so on. And also the... Uh, Small fact that they occasionally erupt in flame. But anyway, so they're actually less sustainable. And I think that's kind of the point. The point is to control your movement. It's it's to control your means of transportation. It's the same reason. To limit. I I mean, gosh, I imagine you have to take plane flights uh, uh, with some regularity. Have you noticed the prices on plane flights lately? This is a manner of controlling movement. Think. Yes, Actually, of course. And I, uh, oh, no, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and, and then remember back, uh, what, 20 years ago or so after 9-11, they implemented the bag fees to offset the rising fuel prices temporarily. And then they never rescinded that. They have no. always left the bag fees in. So now we are used to paying 50 extra dollars to take our motherfucking clothes with us on a trip. <laughs> what the shit is that? And nobody complained. No, yeah. And that was when the, I noticed, I'm like, that is the false society. When we agree to pay to take the clothes with us and nobody says anything. Yeah. What, what are we supposed to do? Just not take the clothes with us? What? Hello. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and you bring up a good point about the restriction of movement because you see the, the movie Minority Report. Uh, mm. they, could, they could stop your car. They could come and get you at any point in time because they knew which one you're in. And they're moving oh, we're, to the- We're even in the, uh, the pre-crime. Phase. Yeah, they're already yeah. starting to, hey, you're thinking about doing this. Let's go on ahead and arrest you. So get you in electric cars. And as that starts to evolve technologically uh, wise, then you'll you'll see that now you've got the AR, uh, the AI driven cars. We can lock you in your car and shut it down. All right. Uh, you know, Mr. Razor Fist, we, we know you've had four beers and you got in your AI powered car. You can't be driving this thing. You're, we're going to stop you now and bring you in. Right. Like little things like that. Like that wouldn't work on me. I don't, I don't drink, but it'd be something else. They'd, <laughs> they'd contrive something, I'm sure. Right? Oh, yeah, they can find. I mean, right now they they'll stop you for like a headlight. But then people drive around with bad tags for months and they, they have reasons for why they stop you and, and things like that nowadays. But. It's qualifiers. It's all about attaching qualifiers to do basic things. I mean, I th- I've always thought, and this is probably where my, uh, whatever part of me politically uh, errs on the side of libertarianism. I'm not a libertarian, but there's a side of it that's in there. I, I honestly believe one of the quiet tyrannies of daily life is everything relating to cars and traffic laws is like just some of the things that we just accept 
because our great grandparents basically sold us down the river in terms of our liberty in the 1920s or whenever, um, are just blow my mind. Like asking government for permission and even paying them every year or two in order to use my own property. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, but the government owns the roadways. It's like, yeah, but I paid for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's these kind they gave of, up our sovereignty. <laughs> it's kind of these quiet little, little sort of daily tyrannies that we just sort of accept. And because we did that, they've already got the wedge in the door for greater expressions of that. You see a lot of um, other things, like we're talking about climate change. Emissions tests were sort of the next step in that, where now every two years, I not only have to pay to register my car, I have to pay to have an emissions tested. And I use older cars anyway, because I hate new cars. Uh, mm -hmm. In the immortal words of Frank Miller, they all look like electric shavers to me. But um, <laughs> they're, they're, you're literally paying for an emissions test too. Uh, on your, yep. They could conceivably be disqualified, which means you're paying for more mechanic bills and so yes. on. Um, and that now has progressed to the point of, well, now certain kinds of car are just gonna be straight out manned. And we're literally transitioning to electric vehicles only. and we've actually made that transition and emissions tests were sort of a uh, one more brick in the path to hell essentially florida doesn't do emissions testing yeah um arizona used to not do that as well but unfortunately we were californicated a little bit oh i'm so, so sorry we we have to get ours done every year in uh in nc um but in you know there are ways ways around that because i know a lot of people in the car community and to bring over like old Japanese cars, once they're a certain age, they're considered antiques and you they have certain antique laws and you can put antique cars out on the road that don't follow any of the emissions laws and things like that. As long as you live in a state or whatever that can 40 years allow right? you to get over something like that. Yeah, I think it is. like 40 yeah. years. My car's halfway there. <laughs> I buy old cars. I, buy I can have, this is the thing that's annoying to yeah. me. You can, you can have a car that's old enough to buy historic plates, right? But it doesn't qualify, disqualify it from being emissions tested. Mm. It's technically an antique in the eyes of the state of Arizona, but not when it comes time to pay them to continue to use that, right? <laughs> There's always a loophole, right? And Big Rick says, I think it all started either. to go to South when we let women start voting. Absolutely. That was, <laughs> that was uh, actually, I think it was before that. I think it's when they started driving. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was when they relinquished the chain to the stove. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I know. <laughs> what were what were you guys thinking, Mike? Uh, <laughs> they put the cooking paddle down and grabbed a hammer, and it was all over. You know it. You know it. <laughs> it, it reminds uh, me of the old joke. You know, a, a, a woman crashes into a pedestrian. You know, whatever. Who, who's to blame in the situation? It's like, well, the woman. Why is she driving in the kitchen? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. And Wolf, welcome back. It's nice to see you here. We haven't seen you in so long. So it's nice. I'm glad to see you. Yvette, hi. He says, uh, could Greta Thun, I don't even know her name, Thunberg, could possibly be the Antichrist? Well, you know what I would say about that is that Hitler used little girls for propaganda as well. You cannot argue with a little girl, especially an autistic girl, because that makes you an asshole. Well, and 
Isn't she like 20 now? I guess so, but little girls are the perfect propagandized That's the thing that alarms right me the most is they like infantilize her, and she's like a grown-ass adult now. I just don't understand how how the, the world decided to listen to a little kid who's never been anywhere or done anything. Like, why are we why are we putting so much weight on this person's right. opinion? I, I, how did this happen, exactly? I, I mean, I, my neighbor's kid has opinions, too. Do we care? Well, it's them. It's them targeting the younger generation. They use they 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 prop up somebody that's young like her, young looking like her, and then she goes on all the Nickelodeon shows, does all the kids award shows, does all these things to kind of indoctrinate the young kids and mm -hmm. and the the Nickelodeon age kids to to their agenda, so that oh, they yeah, argue with agenda, the parents. Yeah, and the agenda being that we just need more government spending in order to lower the temperature of the earth. Folks, if raising taxes and government spending lowered the temperature of the earth, we'd all be riding bipedal Muppets on Hoth right now, okay? Right? <laughs> Forget about it. Solid point, solid point. All right, well, I just know that no one has uh, suggested planting trees. <laughs> Wolf, you're funny. So. No one, no one's suggesting planting more trees. So I, I don't know why that is. Yeah. I have no idea. But if this is all a big, well, because we have to reach net zero carbon, and they feast on carbon, so we can't right. have trees around. They'll trees love around. carbon, right? That would be a, the first and wisest thing to do, I would think. So you know what kills me too? I have a, I have a theory, and it just hit me today. I'm like, when I had my friend talk to me about meat. She was telling me that part of the problem is everybody's eating too much meat. We're eating meat in general. We shouldn't be eating meat and that people are not cutting back on eating meat because they're selfish and that cows, methane, methane from cows is what's ruining the world. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, I just, I just didn't, I could not, I couldn't believe it came out of her. Like I was like, okay, so hang on a second. So then I started to think about that for the past day and a half. <laughs> a day and a half. It's definitely longer than she thought about it. Right. I think so. And and hello, Eva. Thank you for joining us. So and my first my first thought was you can't prescribe a vegetarian diet for everybody because people with certain blood types can get sick and or die if they don't eat meat. And that's type O. Type A blood does very well as a vegetarian, but one type of diet does not work for everyone. There's a reason for that. Lectins, all that stuff. It's very complicated. And we can talk about that on another podcast. But type O people should never be vegetarians. They should always eat meat. They have so much acid in their stomachs. If they don't eat enough meat and fat, they will literally get throat cancer. So that's the first thing. That So it made me mad that there's a group of people out there, apparently a large group, that thinks that there's uh, that all of us have to give up meat and that we'd all be healthier for it. The second thing was, what the fuck is with the blame on the cows? Okay, so then I started researching it. How much land do you need to raise cattle? Well, it's a shockingly large amount. You need at least one acre per cow. And if that cow has a calf, you need a minimum of two acres. So if you have a herd of cattle, that is a lot of land to grab if you're a government and take if you're a corporation. So think about all the land everywhere being incorporated by methane, which is a problem, or is it just the cows are grazing on it and they right. could do something else with it instead that would be far more profitable? I'm thinking that. Right. I'm thinking cow farts aren't the problem so much as it is that the cows are occupying this land that they wish to have. 
Yeah, it's the old Ron White bit. You know, oh, it's the cow flatulence that's uh, creating the greenhouse effect and caused the hole in the ozone layer. What are you doing for the environment? I'm eating a cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what drives me even more nuts. So here, here's, here's another one that, that, that cracks me up, okay? So that they claim they want to fix climate. We have climate change. This is the issue. We have the hottest summer ever. Bloody, bloody, bloody. I don't know. I live in Florida. It's always Hades this time of year. I called my electric company. I'm using 61 kilowatts this year. I used 61 kilowatts last year. They're telling me it's the hottest summer on record. And then they're telling me I'm using the exact same amount as I did last year. I'm like, eh, that's not adding up. Well, but I don't okay, know it how it was for you guys over there, but here in Arizona, where it gets just a tad on the hot side, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the summer decided it wasn't going to show up this year until like late July. <laughs> like yep. it was, it was nice and cool. Like yep. in months when it should not have been. Normally, Our, it starts warming up around. We the had the same thing yeah. in Florida because this is where we're in the nineties now. But the first ten days of June, I had the windows open every night, and that yeah. has never ever happened but nobody's talking about that but my point to this is our power company here tampa electric company and you don't have to believe me nobody has to believe me you can look this up yourself tampa electric company is owned by a global company based in canada housed in nova scotia so why is our power company coming from canada so here's my thing if you really are an environmentalist like like i am and i have been my entire fucking life and this is why i call bullshit on it because when you're an environmentalist, you see what's really happening and you see what's environmental and what's not. You, the number one thing to do, you shop local, you eat local, you stay local. Yet there's a push with every government to go global. They are pushing global on everything, whether it's parts, food, even water, power. That is the most unenvironmental thing you could possibly do. Yeah, I agree. And it, environ, modern environmentalism, what is being called environmentalism, what I don't care for is the apocalyptic doomsday cult. Whatever exactly. happened to, we should clean up our rivers because we want to swim in clean rivers. We want to clean up our air because we'd like to not breathe exhaust fumes. Like, I feel like that's infinitely more persuasive <laughs> than the world is going to end in the next 15 years which is essentially, if you watch the Al Gore film and Inconvenient Truth, that's basically what it is, a series of apocalyptic predictions that failed to come to pass after right. the allotted 10 to 15 year window. I mean, remember in 2005, Al Gore predicted that um, within 10 to 15 years, there would be no more snows on Mount Kilimanjaro. That winter to the year, <laughs> it was record snowfall on, on the the tip of Mount Kilimanjaro, it was one incorrect prediction after another. And it really yeah. is, they, they want to keep people in what I call political fight or flight. Fear. Yeah. Fear, 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 terror, terror, fear, fear, terror, terror. And there's a reason for that, I think. It's by design. They, they own the media. The media pumps the fear and the terror. It's literally anger and fear porn. And they want to keep you that way because when you are in fear and terror mode all the time, your brain has shut off the area where you think logically and you are making very bad decisions. You're making stupid decisions because you, you, you can't logically think when you're dealing with fear. There's a reason why they tell you don't react, respond. And if you need to walk away, take a breath, 
sleep on it. Nobody tells you anymore to sleep on it. No one tells you to take a breath. No one tells you to walk away anymore. They want you to react. They want you to do stupid shit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the reasons um, they tend to, well, gosh, you watched my video. I was talking about how they, they array around kind of personality cults and then project the opposite right up, upon their political opposition. They mm -hmm. had kind of a personality cult around Obama and therefore the, op the opposite of that, the camera negative of Obama, uh, Trump had to have a cult around him because he had to have a cult of personality. So they had, he has to be the antichrist because their guy was Christ. So it's, it's sort of that kind of thing. And so having Trump there as sort of the great Satan is a great way to keep people constantly locked in that political fight or flight at all times. It's one of the reasons I covered less politics this year, because I knew that I was, we were going to be headed into a contentious election cycle in the next year anyways. And I felt like what was happening was people engaging. I, I appreciate that there's opposition to some of these narratives online and such. I think it's important to keep that up. But by constantly having pushback on every single political issue to come down the pipe, it keeps both sides of the culture war perpetually engaged, which is so unhealthy for our society, it cannot be overestimated. And of course, it culminated today in the high farce of multiple arrests over whatever the hell, basically because people were part of an administration that they don't like. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's that game of brinksmanship doesn't end up anywhere pleasant. Ask Ulysses S. Grant and Abraham Lincoln and such. It doesn't end anywhere constructive whatsoever. Yep, I I, I agree. And um. Somebody asked what country is 100% sustainable. Artist said, you got to trade with somebody. Yeah, you do. But you know what? We were never global before, not to this level. Yeah, before before World War One, and World War II. Local, always local. And you have, we were tribal people and then towns and people were making do with what they had locally. So the, the are, U.S. is are. big enough to be self-sustainable with oh, everything God, yeah. that we have and all the the uh, resources yeah. that we have from yeah. coast to coast. We don't need any other country to trade with if no, we, we just do locked down and went totally just national and focused on ours. If we were the we after did, the breakup, if we broke up and, with and the Canada. world and we just said, hey, we're going to focus on ourselves world. We're just going to take this time. We're going to heal. We're going to come back. We're going to be a better America uh, you know, that's that's really what we need. Well, but that's I think not we should happen. stay in touch with Mexico because we do need that motherfucker. Yeah, we chocolate. need the tequila the and the, yeah, and the chocolate and everything that comes out of Mexico. <laughs> we'll 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 keep America, uh, uh, Mexico right. around as like the side bitch and, 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 and but, the real the real Mexican food, not the Tex-Mex, right? Yeah, not yep. the hipster Chipotle burritos. Yeah, they charge you nineteen dollars because they serve it with arugula. We take our hat off. That's you right. take the hat That's off right. and put it on the... But what is, I'm it, just what saying, is this, the L.L. Bean Burrito Company? Get this out of my face. And there, Yeah, there are still many uh, areas that are sustainable. They have opted out of the bullshit. So you can go to villages and they are sustainable. They take care of themselves. But uh, yeah, they, they exist. So... Uh, well, there, you there saw that. sort of the ultimate the ultimate expression of exactly what the current administration and establishment thinks of that idea. And um, that just happened, gosh, the other day. I think it was two days ago. Um, 
Biden came out and said America first is he essentially reputed repudiated the idea that America should come first in U.S. policy. Uh, he literally used the words America first. This was like two days ago. Mm. That kind of tells you what is on. We're, we're seeing that with Hawaii, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> aren't we, though? <laughs> yeah, I, like I said last week, remember I said last week, we're going to see a first class lesson. Americans are in what it's like to unite. Have you guys been watching? Because yeah. they have united and they are kicking the government out. They have said, we don't need your help. Your lease is up. Fuck off. You saw the the story that just came out today that yeah. basically the only people who survived in certain neighborhoods were the ones who defied the government order yep. not, to, not to leave their neighborhoods. They actually yes. had to circumnavigate the barriers. And this is germane to a video I made not that long ago um, about the SSC wall, which was a South Korean naval disaster. Um, it was a ferry that was carrying South Korean school children as kind of a rite of passage in their senior year to this um, sort of amusement park island. It's a tourist trap. And it's sort of a rite of passage. It's kind of like taking high school kids to Six Flags or something in their senior year on some trip. And they go there and the idea is they're gonna sleep on the ship and wake up in the morning and they'll be at the island. It's not that long of a trip, but it's this ferry that had a bunch of like cars and whatever. Anyways. The crew is incompetent. They made a series of corrective maneuvers that wind up resulting in the ship uh, taking on a huge list, and then the cars start to move. They're not properly secured, and now the ship is listing severely, and the ship's going down. And this message plays over the loudspeaker. Uh, put your life jackets on and remain in your cabins. You're going to be rescued. And it plays on a loop in uh, South Korean, and everybody just stays in their cabins. And it's listing and it's listing. And the government, meanwhile, is doing nothing to save them. They know about it. The president of South Korea can't be even reached. Um, and they have about a one to two hour window in which to save these kids. And literally naval vessels are milling around doing nothing, not dispatching divers, not doing anything to save these kids. The ship winds up completely capsizing. And again, the only people who get off are the people who disobey the command. And it's very few people, very, very few people. <clears throat> Everybody else goes down. It's like 200 plus high school kids, something like that. Oh my God. And it was, it, it is 100% applicable to this situation. It, it's a classic case of, you have to at least question authority to the degree that it conforms with the available facts. When yeah. your cabin is literally tilted at a 75 degree angle. Yes. I think it's time to disregard the tape message. Yes. Right? It's not, yes. it's no accident that South Korea, very collectivist society, right? Very much about yeah. compliance. Yes. And North, North Korea in this sense is not that much of an aberration culturally yeah. from South Korea. So um, essentially, and it wound up resulting in a massive administrative shakeup. There was a huge scandal. The president of South Korea wound up losing her job. It was the whole scandal several years ago. And it's just a classic case of the government continually telling us to keep your life jackets on and remain in your cabins. And that's what happened in Hawaii. And the only people who survived disobeyed that command.
Well, and yeah. it seems that that yeah. can correlate with uh, with COVID as well. You look at a lot of people that that went against the mandates, the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates, the stay at home mandates. Uh, you know, the ones that were the sheep and went along with it. Uh, what's going on with them now? And you know, the ones that didn't. You know. And it's interesting because the ones that didn't are still healthy. And yeah. the ones that and didn't well, don't have myocarditis. <laughs> and there are one of the interesting bits of data that I've seen relating to that is that the people who receive the vaccine earliest in many cases have the highest instance of these side effects. Like I guess it got diluted over time, whatever the formula was. Mm. Um, wasn't as fresh, whatever. And uh, actually was better if you got it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because it means the people who immediately hopped to are suffering the greatest uh, consequences if that data is to be believed, which is uh, poetic, honestly, in its, <laughs> its simplicity. I don't know. I, well, I, there's, 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 oh, oh, sorry, April. There's just so many instances in society, if you look through history of times not to trust your government. I mean, look at the Tuskegee experiments and there's all these times and it's everybody's like, Cigarettes. Oh, what DT, happened? Oh, I, I don't remember. I don't remember any of that MK stuff. Ultra. Yeah, sure. Government, I'll take whatever you got for me. <laughs> like, there's written, recorded history of Weapons this. And of people don't want to believe you when you say these things. That like, why do you trust what they're giving you? I would Iraq. not trust anything that they're giving you. I mean, look at the government cheese that they supposedly gave you back in the day. Is what caused a lot of the obesity and and diseases and things that a lot of the poor people have. GMO, the terrible high food fructose that they were corn syrup. Them. I'm sorry, I just because yeah. listing off a few. Stop things, it, right? You stop. <laughs> you just freestyling over here. Yeah, yeah I am. I'm just rapid over here. So and hi to everybody joining us late. I just I have two things to put there. A lot of people don't realize that originally government was set up as a convention of of normal everyday working men to get together at certain times of the year to discuss laws, pass laws, uphold laws, and then they piss off and go back to their life. It was never meant to, these are our forefathers, it was never meant to be a permanent thing without term limits. It was, you know, lawyers and doctors and ditch diggers and farmers, they all get together and they go, okay, what is it we have to deal with uh, this week? And they do it. And then they they do their study and then they go back to their lives. It was never meant to be what we're dealing with now. And people don't know their history. And that's that's the first thing. The second thing is what you were talking about with um, in the the ship. It reminds me of an experiment I I read about was the teacher, a teacher did. Uh, She sat in front of her class and she took, uh, I guess the, the, the class had a pet goldfish. And she put the goldfish, the bowl on her desk and you guys might have heard the, this experiment. So she told the class that she was going to do something. If anybody disobeyed her, they were going to be expelled. She, she picked the goldfish out and she put it on the on her desk and it flopped around. It was dying. And she said, you will be expelled if you do anything, if you get up and do anything. And it flopped and it flopped and it was dying. It was dying. It was dying and gasping for breath. And then finally, some one little girl from the back runs up, grabs the fish and throws it in the water just before it dies. And then the the teacher turned around. She said, I want you to learn this lesson right now. Just because everyone is doing something does not mean it's right. She's the only one that passed the test. Yep. It's it's a consistent issue. And, of course, this is kind of the problem with you. You definitely won't have many experiments like that in public school because really public school. I did a video about this actually about um, 
Marcus Tullius Cicero, because our education system in America, back when it was more decentralized, before public education really, uh, became such a monolith, our education system was patterned after the writings of Cicero. Cicero kind of was like the original, sort of an ancient Roman pre-Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. He believed in making a well-rounded thinker, not so much someone who had memorized certain elements of mathematics and, mm-hmm. and such. And that was the way our education system was structured for a long time. It was supposed to make thinkers, not so much people who were book learned. And um, really, we've reversed that. We've, we have an education system that it's essentially is just meant to enforce compliance if you really break it down, you look at the fact that test scores really aren't being factored in anymore anyways, because that's discriminatory and, and everything else, The essentially the abolition of standards. It's clear that the only thing that really matters, the only value that they actually hold above all is compliance. That's it. Really, the goal is to get you to sit there and to waste your time and to stay there for any length of time. Um, it's and not Fred, so Fred says for profit, the cost just doubled. Eva Eva says everyone gets a trophy also. (laughs) What was it? The school system was set up by uh, the Germanic or Prussian system to break the entrepreneurial spirit of of the immigrants so that they would sit, stay and work because they needed factory workers and soldiers. So it was always about compliance. And there are, there are actually some schools and some villages and some small areas where they don't teach testing. They don't do tests at all. It's all about learning and being creative. And, you know, it's almost like a charter school where you learn how to care for chickens and raise a garden and uh, solve problems and work together. Because if you think about it, you take a test right in school, in any public school, and you're like this. Keep your eyes on your paper. Don't look at anybody else's stuff. And what is the answer? A, B, C, or D. And they tell you there's only one answer to this problem. Yeah. And in real life, there's always, almost always more than one answer to the problem. Yes. And you're, you do better working together in groups to solve problems. And they, they handicap you. They don't teach you that this is how life works. This is how life is better. Yeah, it's uh, economist uh, Thomas Sowell. He has a famous quote about this. It's not that Johnny can't read and Johnny can't write and Johnny can't do math. It's that Johnny can't even think. Yes. That's really what it is. He hasn't trained to think. Yes. Well, they, they've also done a lot, too, to push kids away from trade schools and things that will actually help them in college debt. Um, that was a big thing when I was going through through high school and, and they 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 wanted us to go down this college tech prep college they were pushing everybody towards college and when realistically you could have gone and become a mechanic oh, HVAC, yeah. plumber done any yep. of those and yep. even in that fashion you're going to learn while you work electrician and if you just want to be an electrician your whole life you can be joe the electrician your whole life but if you like if you're that thinker you're that person that wants to grow more and do more then maybe you start running your own company then maybe yeah. after 10 12 years of doing electrician you are Joe's electrician company, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's ways for you to grow and there's always going to be people that need construction work uh done, uh mm-hmm. paving, all that type of stuff and they're pushing kids to uh coding jobs and and IT yeah. jobs and things that that if if the EMP hits today and and society's destroyed, 
they're not going to know how to do anything because their their precious computer is not going to be working. Their Starbucks latte is not going to be working, and their AI powered Tesla is not going to be able to work to come pick them up and take them anywhere. No, and I'm telling you, there's there's a show on called um, I want to, I think it's called I want to build a sex room. It's on Netflix. And if you're really good at your trade, you could get hired to work on that show because they need electricians and plumbers and things to install the showers and put in that fancy lighting and do the furniture. Imagine getting a gig on that show. Sorry, I want to design sex rooms. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> they, already, they already make, I mean, for crying out loud, you don't even need that cushy gig. People who have those kind of jobs are like the only people who have kind of reliable income at a certain level. It's not... I mean, that's my dream job right there. I want to do that. Some of the, dude, you look at some of the degrees that people are getting in these colleges, how long people are staying in colleges. They're having smoke blown up their ass about all these incredible careers they're going to have when they get out and what materializes from it. Folks, philosophy is not a degree. It is a wall hanging. And the only, the last person to make money off of your philosophy degree was your philosophy professor. And that's You don't I, think philosophy helps people to think though? I think it does as an elective, as a free thing, make you a more rounded person. Certainly, yeah. but that's that's the Ciceronian education system we're talking about there, right? Yeah, Major, yeah. majoring in it as if it's going to be an applicable career It's just this this whole system is uh, it's like purposefully broken. Well, you take a take a like take the kids, indoctrinate them, train them. We're all indoctrinated and trained and trained to some degree, even mm -hmm. even as much as we've tried to rewire ourselves we are still indoctrinated and trained to some degree unfortunately you know i was watching a uh, twisted metal the other night and when the guy comes in and he goes marco i was like hello and he's like he goes marco and he's like damn it that usually works they almost always yell polo and as i dawned on me i'm like oh my god when you're a kid you are trained to say polo to marco and that's how easy it is you know yeah. Marco Polo and oh. somebody as an AB Twitch Alex says um said he always hated hated school and if you had to go back would you prefer a private school a charter school or a public school I, I it depends charter schools are such a mixed bag you never know what you're gonna I've heard horror stories of charter schools and then I've had I've known people who have gone to charter school and become God, engineers, all kinds of stuff, and getting there much faster than they would have in a normal like high school or junior high. Mm -hmm. So kind of depends. I think charter schools are more of a roll of the dice. I think you have to do your research before you do yeah. that. Um, private schools too, I think you have to do uh, the same legwork because yeah. sometimes private schools are just as bad. as. I, and I say this as the son of two educators. My mother uh, taught at both a normal uh, school and a private school. So she could see it from both sides and they both have their pluses and minuses. It's not just a net upgrade every single time. Yeah. I went to a public school, but I went to a very, very small one outside of Philadelphia that was run like a private school. And my brother went to private school because he was uh, severely dyslexic and they call it LD learning disabled. So he had to go to uh, be in these small specialized classes and um, I don't know, we kind of both, both ended up about the same, but there's a, a pretty good charter school by where I live here that's really admirable. Like they teach, they teach the gardening, they teach raising chickens, they teach P3 
people, they teach, you know what it is? They teach kids real life skills, which to me is just like, damn, you know what I mean? Like they right. teach them, they teach them how to self publish books, oh, wow. even comic books. So every kid to graduate, every child to graduate has to self publish their own book. They come out an author. Well, it's great. Yeah, we, I we, know. We used to kind of do that. Even look, I went to public school. I was a pleb. Um, but even back in the earliest days of elementary school, there was a whole book of poetry and short mm -hmm. fiction and such that the whole school would put together called the. Collection. I was the editor. At the end of the year, right? <laughs> I feel like that doesn't really happen as much anymore. At least if any of the stories that I've heard. Uh, no, ours was called the Pen and Sword. Yeah. After uh, William. Uh... Yeah, I drew a picture of a Ninja Turtle in it. I totally broke up the proceedings. Everybody's loving your Ninja Turtles in the background too. By the way, uh, <laughs> thank you. Fun yeah, story. you don't. They they use uh, school budgeting now as ways to kind of cut that out for kids, where it's like you got to yeah. kind of source your own money or or not be able to have these school newspapers or these yearbooks and things like that. They're they're cutting a lot of that out. Yeah, but I notice uh, superintendents don't take much of a pay cut. That doesn't no, happen really very don't. often. No, I remember um, some of the horror stories I could tell you about uh, the way the public education system is mismanaged. There were schools in one district; it was so corrupt where they had seven principals to a school of like 200, 300, like not, did not need that many administrators. And they were all family members of the original principal. He was literally hiring his family for these cushy administrator jobs. And uh, the they actually wound up uh, doing away with that school district entirely. Ultimately it was so corrupt. They literally got rid of it. Um, hmm. Just man, the entire public education system is a clown show. Yeah, it's pretty bad. North Carolina is not the best uh, for public education and, and school systems anymore. They've really uh, done a lot of disservice to their teachers and, and doing a lot of uh, terrible, you know, for North Carolina to be the the state of public education, you know, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill was the first public institution, you know, of higher learning in the United States. And it, we were terrible. We ranked last. In Wait, isn't that the place that was in that was a. Uh caught funding the COVID virus. Yeah, UNC at Chapel Hill, yeah, that and Duke University, yeah. both of them in North Carolina. Yeah, that's all. I, I, there's one of them that was still racist as shit, <laughs> right? They were segregating their campus, and the other one was in charge of funding the COVID virus in Wuhan. That's all I can think of when I hear those names now. Right. You know? It's kind of like it's like that that the guy you know you can you can that 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 joke about the uh, the Scottish sheep farmer who does good his whole entire life, but when you fuck one sheep, they remember you as McGregor the sheep fucker. You know, so <laughs> they can turn out all the graduates in the world, but they they fund one virus and. I don't that's have all to ask. Guess I don't have to ask if he was Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> I should say Welsh instead of Scottish. Anyway, yes. Um, um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, that just had some questions there, and 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 uh, yeah. anyway, hmm. what else was I going to ask you? Um, da, 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 da. The one thing I don't get before we move off completely off of the Hawaii thing is that oh yes, please. How do, how do you guys uh, feel about this directed energy weapon conspiracy? The, the blue car thing. I don't yeah. know. I'm not, I don't so, know. I'm I'm open minded. I don't know enough to. 
I'm just listening. I'm listening to it. I pay attention and then I don't know enough. I think the, the thing I have the hardest time reconciling with the whole directed energy weapon hypothesis is the idea that you would even need like an Austin Powers space laser to right. set, a, set a fucking volcano island on fire. Like, <laughs> what's the energy weapon for? Cooling down all the liquid hot magma? What are you... What is yeah, they can control the weather, do, just have the volcano erupt and destroy everything. Right? Right? <laughs> it seems uh, like I, they could have accomplished this. No, they did that with Pompeii. They're like, we did that before. We did Pompeii right. before. We, eh, it's old news. Eh. I don't know. There's so many. I mean, oh, God. There's so many. Somewhere between the propaganda and the conspiracy theories lie the truth. Do I think directed energy weapons exist? Yeah, of course. There's some stuff out there that we don't we don't know about. We're not privy to. We'll never know. Well, I think uh, the CIA in some testimony not long ago, some guy from the CIA admitted that there was something like that that had been developed, I believe. Yeah. Has anyone seen I, the I, Blue Man group since this happened? Because if I just have to paint myself blue to avoid being killed by a directed <laughs> oh energy God, weapon, I will... I saw that, too. I'm just like, oh, my God. I'll this just cover myself and head to toe in blue I don't paint. Know, but I don't want to say it's stupid because you know how these things work in six months that conspiracy theory could be true. And then I'm a fucking idiot. So I'm not going to say that. Right. Um, what I'm going to say is I do know there are so the blue balls inherit the earth. I see exactly. It. Exactly. What I'm going to say is right now, that particular thing does not necessarily seem to hold weight. However, I do know there are energy weapons. I when in physics class. Um, we did learn about the, we the sound weapons. We did have to, there are some serious weapons of sound that are out there. Oh, there was a funny, it's funny story about that. Uh, Have you I seen also, the concert? Wait, 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 I'll get to that. But, but yeah. yeah, there are, I mean, like I had to research all the military sound weapons wow. and it scared, the, it honestly alarmed the shit out of me what was there. Um, it's, a few years so, ago, uh, there's a metal band called Psy, S-I-G-H. Mm -hmm. They're a Japanese uh, black metal band. I, okay. I cover uh, heavy metal music on my show too. Like uh, I do a series called Metal Mythos. And uh, it's fascinating. One of their albums had to be reissued because they apparently used a sonic warfare, like sound on the album, like made it onto the record. <laughs> People wow. were complaining about the harm or what? This was uh, just a few years ago. This was the album actually had to be taken off store shelves and reissued. Uh, oh, I believe it. Yeah. So I, I, I. Okay. So. Do I think these types of weapons exist? Exist? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think they were necessary in this particular situation? I don't think so. I think mismanagement of of what was going on, or just plain old arson, would work fine. Um, That's another thing. If they wanted to get rid of these people, matches would do fine on a really dry right. volcanic island. Right. And and here's the thing: that do I think that this was a natural occurrence? No, I do not. So do I think some of these conspiracy theories or whatever. So I don't even want to say conspiracy theory. Do I think, do I think these theories, some of them hold weight? Yeah. I don't think it's natural. I don't understand why the water was shut off. I do think far more are dead than the media is reporting. I think there's a lot of bad stuff going on a lot of bad stuff. And if you follow the money, it is not looking good. I know one of the first things I found out is who owns Maui. And if you trace it down, to the landowners and then you trace the landowners to the parent company it comes back as blackrock yeah and, and it looks it's looking like they're going to buy up a lot of this land yeah they're going to try yeah. so and if you also keep keep searching you're going to see this is there's this, this area there's an indigenous spiritual indigenous burial ground there that is one of the areas that they really 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 want to buy that they have never been able to get a hold of 
So um, this land is very wanted. And I think there's a lot of things right now for land grabs. And I don't, and greed. Greed has always been an issue with government versus people. Always. If you look at the history, it has always been a problem. So do I think it was a directed energy weapon? I don't think so. Do I think the color blue is going to stop things? I don't think so. Do I think this was natural and this should have, this is, this is just, you know, do I think it's, do I think it's weird that the same police chief that was in charge of Las Vegas was also put in charge of this and was barricading people in? Yeah, that's a little bit weird of a coincidence, and I don't really know if I believe in coincidences. So yeah. there's some there's some fuckery going on. Yeah, there. even paranoid people have enemies, yeah. folks. I'm not saying I'm paranoid, but I'm pretty sure the car in front of me is following me the long way around. Yeah, um, yeah. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean that you're wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I do have to say, like the whole the fact that the president took so long to visit. Why was that? Because I mean, look, we finally saw him, and he. Looks, he's never looked more haggard in his life. He visited looked, like this, though, Razor Fist. I think the whole Betty Biden, yeah, right. Yeah, I think the the Betty Biden narrative is kind of misdirection from the fact that he looks like he drank from the wrong grail in an Indiana Jones film. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like he is that because he looks bad, or is a little out of it, or maybe a little under the weather, or is it because they don't necessarily want to call a lot of attention to it? Because the media, the whole, an awful lot of Hawaii caught fire for the media to be covering it as little as they are. Yes. Right? Yeah. It, seem, it seems like they don't want to call over much attention to it for whatever reason yeah. that is. Well, and then the, no, oh, the media, the media has also blacked out. Sorry, of the, just cutting this in. The Canadian media won't allow the media to report on the fires that are still burning in Canada. Yes. And yeah. they started burning unanimously across the country at the same time. That's not weird. Yeah. That's not there's, fucking weird. There's <laughs> also the pictures too of the cars where like uh, I heard somebody say like if if there was mass panic, right? Everybody got out of their car and closed all the car doors, like all the car doors are closed. Like that's really weird too. Like like everybody right. was like we're going to come back to our cars. I hope nobody steals nothing, right? Like in a right. panic, you would think you're that everybody's going to just have run. all the car doors open and run. Yeah. Like even the walking dead creators got that but right. But could that be movies? Because, uh, you know, people act a little differently in the real situations and stuff like that. It could just be the movies have programmed us to believe that everybody just runs in a panic when most of us are pretty inquisitive. Like, I wonder what's going on. Let me go find out. Right. Like, but probably some of them were like, let me go help people and things and probably got caught uh, in, in situations where they couldn't get out where the fire just know. got too bad. But that, that is suspect that there's a ton of pictures where the car doors are just closed. <laughs> Uh, one has cut the guy some slack. He had to take a nap, fall up some stairs, <laughs> and battle his own jacket before he got there. Let's not forget, fall right. off a bike. <laughs> fall off, yes. He had to drop that bike, too. <laughs> I've never seen a human being trip up the stairs before. My I have done... I'll be, let's, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I have tripped up the stairs. <laughs> that, I thought that was a physical impossibility. No, no it's, it's, it's mostly, I, I it's mostly it. females that I've seen do this, though. I yeah. have done that, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to blame it on my tits, then. <laughs> the top heavy going up the stairs. That's right. I'm going to blame it all. That's I'm, From here on out, I'm not going to say I'm clumsy. I'm going to say I'm just... It's the titties. The titties did it. So... <laughs> Oh man. So I'll have to own that. But uh yeah, so there you go. 
I doubt you did it twice in one trip, though. I doubt that very much. No, I, well. <laughs> I don't think about that now. I don't have to think about it. Right. I don't think so. I may have been on some plant medicine. Ah, uh, yes. Some, <laughs> some glaucoma medicine. Had to, get, had to take care of that. Exactly. Something for my glaucoma that I don't have. Right. <laughs> so, and, and Alex, you're right. He goes, I just sensed your sarcasm about the fires in Canada. Yes, you did. You surely did. What was the law? Didn't they just pass a law recently, or is this something that's going around on the internet about if there's a natural disaster, they can buy the land back from you? Was that something that was just passed in Hawaii, or was that something it's, passed it's been, federally? It's, 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 there's like kind of like a, it's almost like an eminent domain type of law that right. we've had in a lot of places. So Even if the land, if the land is considered uninhabitable or too toxic, uh -huh. uh, the government can take it. So IE if a train derails with chemicals yeah. or it's burned to a crisp um, and you can't live on it anymore. Uh, sorry. Have you seen this statistic on uh, countries that own the acreage, the amount of acreage and stuff in uh, the United States? So Canada actually owns 12.8 million, almost 12.9 million acres of land in the, in the United States, with the Netherlands falling second. Uh, yeah. Mostly just European countries that, that right. own yeah. a lot, but Canada owns the most agricultural land uh, in the United States. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of countries that own our land. It's crazy that oh, and, and could, property on the property. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. China would be a number one on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Abu Dhabi as well too. Abu Dhabi owns most of New York. A lot of Americans don't know who owns this country. They're not well, I'm, aware. I'm, my own home state of Arizona has a controversy right now because we have a drought and a water shortage. And we and talked it, about this with the alfalfa last week. And it came out about. Af Afghan companies are using inordinate amounts of water to, yes, to grow their alfalfa on mm -hmm. Arizona land and uh, apparently circumnavigating a, a fair number of Arizona regulations to do so yep. uh, behind some kind of regulatory shield of some kind. So. And they are they're hurting this? the local farmers too. They're, they're killing off a lot of their water supply as well. You've seen this in countries like Mexico and other poor countries where for avocado farms and things like that, they divert the water. Since they own the water rights, they divert it out of towns that used to have water and their water ends up drying up and they have to get it trucked in. And, and it's all to feed the farms and the agricultural system there in these countries. Well, the, the problem is alfalfa is a uh, water rich crop. You need a lot of water for it, which is why it's illegal to grow in the arabic state that it's 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 too droughty over there for it so they bring it here and they grow it here and they kill off the water supply here for the local farmers and then ship it back home yeah. it's going to be the the next interesting uh, kind of war front that we see here is water rights because that was the thing that michael Beery after, after the big short fiasco I, he went straight into water rights blue and, gold and, yeah. I think that's what um, the uh, how shall we say without getting demonetized everywhere the suspect electoral uh, results in Arizona the last three election cycles have really been about. There's going to be a big war over water between Arizona and California. Yeah. So California has fired money at Arizona elections from a cannon, and uh, coincidentally, all the politicians they donated to are the ones who won 
and who are going to be negotiating the water rights fiasco. There's, there's been a lot of animus between California and Arizona over the years over water. There was an incident in the 1920s or 30s, I think, uh, where California tried to seize, I think it was the Hoover Dam, Hoover or, Dam. River or something, and yeah. Arizona literally floated what was derisively called in the, in the national press the Arizona Navy. <laughs> floated a bunch of armed uh, military guys basically out to prevent them from taking it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, this has come to a head a number of times yeah. and it's looking like it's going to come to a head again. Boy, it's lucky for California that all their guys won in the last couple of elections. Well, and, if, and if California just looks to the left, they would see the, the whole ocean that they could just that desalinate they could desalinate. and not have any issues with water, but oh yeah. well. Yeah. Yep. And I have had this conversation for 15 years and nobody listens i keep saying it's blue gold and he who owns the water owns the entire motherfucking world it hasn't the gas and the oil is nothing compared to the water that's where we're going to be in the future and there's a lot of people buying up land that has a lot of water on it if you look and see where the water rights are going there's people buying up all the water rights that's a big thing now so pay attention to that for the future. You're gonna see you're gonna see some stuff going on. A lot of people look at these surface politics. That's not what's really happening. Look below the surface. So I mean, it I took it took uh, the Federal Reserve and 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 I mean, what they started in the nineteen early 1900s to get to where we're at now with our fiat currency and everything. So it takes some time, April. You gotta take, you gotta give them about a hundred years for these things to work uh, work out in their process. But yeah, I know. I've been talking about being environmental since the year 2000. Nobody cared about the environmental issues back then. I've been saying, this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. The government did not care about anything global or climate or environmental until recently. Yeah. And there's a reason for it. <laughs> and it's Absolutely. not because they care. It's because of profit. So they don't actually care. They don't care about a lot of things. It's just profit. And they're using it as an agenda and it's it's terrible it's just shameful anyway there's that so real quick i wanted to um go through a little lightning round with you and see what your your what your what your deal is on here all right i'll just fire off some things and you tell me where you are on these things (laughs) all right (laughs) so um coffee or energy drink coffee all the way okay day person night person no sugar What's oh, it? no sugar, huh? Good for you. Day person, night person. I have the sleep schedule of a crime-fighting vampire. Yes. Night, night yeah! You're <laughs> on my right. team there. If it's not 2 a.m., I'm not writing or creating. I, what is that? It's like a three, it's, I call them 3 a.m. entrepreneurs. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, it's a hunter-gatherer. The, there's a hunter-gatherer persona, and unfortunately, we live in a farmer world, so it's yes. difficult. Um, texting or talking? Uh, I prefer talking on the phone, to be honest. Uh, oh, I, I mostly because in touch screens, I swear. Back when you texted with the actual number things, I had it down to a science, but my, I don't know yeah, what it is. Seven, I, seven, I, zero. I, I want to say <laughs> by faux fum when I'm trying to do this. I can't, I've never been able to make it work properly. I have so many typos. That's why I cannot. I have to stop myself from composing tweets on the actual mobile app because I'll, there will always be grammatical errors out the ass that I didn't catch. It just didn't. And you still can't edit them. 
<laughs> well, I can't now that okay. you pay for whatever Twitter blue or whatever. Yeah, I won't pay. I refuse to. They took my check mark when I got hacked and I've never gotten it back and I'm not paying. Fuck them. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Um, one item you would like to take on a deserted island with you that's not toilet paper. Oh, that's not toilet paper? Jesus. Yep. <laughs> a volleyball with a human face painted on it. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure. I don't know. I doubt there's anything remotely organic or vegetarian in animal crackers. I doubt those are even food, to be honest. Fair point. Fair point. Gift giving or gift getting? Uh, giving, honestly. No. Okay. Uh, are socks with sandals okay? Do you wear them? What? Socks, oh, with, sandals? socks with sandals? No. So socks with sandals are wrong, and so are sandals by themselves. Fuck sandals. Okay. <laughs> what is the boots best are. age? Cowboy, I'm like cowboy yeah. boots in the pool. Like all that. <laughs> <laughs> these are my aquatic cowboy boots. Yeah, these are like my pool. swimming boots. There you go. <laughs> What is the best age? The best age? Mm -hmm. I don't know. The Iron Age. I mean, the Iron Age. Yeah, that's it. There you go. <laughs> I'm stealing that. I like that. Pull one. it out for me. I was like trying to seriously contemplate. Well, let's see. Is it the autumn years? Is it the halcyon years? No. But I was just thinking, you know, like 35, 45. I don't know. 21. Okay. Cake or pie? Pie. Oh man, depends on the pie, depends on the cake. But I would say plain cake. If it's a plain flavor of cake, then it's cake. Like, okay. like a chocolate cake or whatever. Oh yeah, every time. Cake done right. Gotcha. All right. Do you like the smell of gasoline? A little bit. A little yeah. bit. It's a slight disorder. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think a lot of us. I've mowed it. the lawn too much in my life. That's what it is. <laughs> right there. Me too. All right. Ask permission or beg for forgiveness. I think we covered this earlier. Oh, please beg forgiveness. All right. Although I'm not going to beg. Fuck them. <laughs> Let them get over their own shit. <laughs> Rate your driving one to 10, 10 being the best one being the worst. I drive like an arthritic granny. Like seriously, I got all these fast cars. I got like a V8. I got a motorcycle, whatever I drive. Like I'm like driving Miss Daisy. It's ridiculous. So yeah, that's about a three, a four, five. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> right. All right. Last but not least, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? Uh, what? <laughs> what is the deal with airline peanuts? No, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd let, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. It, maybe he could explain what the fuck is happening in Hawaii. Maybe I'd ask him that <laughs> just for a moment. There you go. You can explain ask explain Biden for a moment, please. Yeah, can you, energy uh, weapon so how much of how much of Nancy Pelosi is still original parts? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that's that's a that's a good question, actually. That's fair. So tell us again where people can find you. Uh, I am on the YouTube, youtube.com slash C, don't ask me why, slash the Rageaholic. Um, it is covered absolutely everything. I'm on unauthorized TV. I'm on Twitter. Razorfist with a zero is the handle. And of course, you can pick up uh, my books and of course my upcoming comic once that launches over at Arcaven Comics. 
um, so yeah, I, I can pretty much be bearded just about anywhere. Um, Rageholic Rules on Facebook, absolutely anywhere, folks. I stream every single week. I release, you know, one or two videos every week. I got a video game review of Baldur's Gate 3 coming up, possibly the horniest game ever made. And uh, <laughs> even more so than Conker's Bad Fur Day? Yeah. The uh, game actually comes in a in a jewel case shaped like a turgid dick. Like, Jesus. This Get out, really? Me. I don't know. What the hell? But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to be reviewing that pretty soon here. And uh, yeah, so. That's awesome. Tuned. Yeah, well, the, most of the, the people that watch here like like the garden variety of, of topics, so I think they would probably like your your stuff as well. Yeah, so yeah. get get it while you still can before we all die of the new strain of COVID, right? No, you know what I say? Get it while you can. While we're still are this is one of the last bastions of free speech. Podcasts are yeah. Then we have so, to get licenses to do this. I know. So let's 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 get it while we can and enjoy it while we can because we're still allowed to swear and say things i you know what drives me nuts this is this is one of the things before you go the swearing they have locked down on the swearing and clamped down on it like crazy to the point where your comments won't even show up and i i am you know you know like the soul of a mermaid mouth of a sailor so it pisses me off i like to swear i like i think it's the salt and pepper of the english language the swears are but if you sit it's there the meat and potatoes are you kidding me what are you talking about or the meat and potatoes <laughs> So if you you had take two C words, right? You tell somebody you've got cancer, or you tell somebody you're a cunt. So you tell someone you've got cancer, their entire world falls apart. The worlds of everybody around them falls apart. Like it destroys everything. Meanwhile, you tell somebody you're a cunt, nothing happens. Nothing. So why is this one the dirty word? Why is this one the bad word? Why is this one being censored? Yep, good point. I, I, I tell this. This is, is the bad word. So. Yeah, this is germane to recent history too. I just had a video age restricted for having the word bitchin. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The censorship is freaking. This, this anti-surfer discrimination has got to stop. God damn it. Absolutely. So, and by the way, we are using those words for educational terms only. Thank you very much. Yes. Anyway, thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll come back. I'd love to. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. I had a blast. Awesome, 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 awesome. And everybody out there who's there who I didn't get to say hi to, I saw you guys come in late. Disco, Gam, Steve. I'm trying missing people. I'm sorry. Cool, awesome dude. Um, you know, Chowney Man. Hi to everybody. Thank you for joining us late. We appreciate it. I may or may not be on next week because I have to have, I have a tumor. I have to have a tumor removed. Um, so hopefully I'll be fine. Apparently the only day they can do this is on a Wednesday, which happens to be with the podcast. So, so, so do I need to throw like a red wig on and then like be able Maybe. while yeah. Ray hosts? Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be fine. But, uh, if that doesn't, uh, if I'm not fine, I'll figure something out or we won't have a show. I, I'll know more soon, but, uh, yeah, wish me luck with my tumor. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here, you guys. And you know we are live Wednesday nights from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can follow us on Patreon, The A Show. You can follow us uh, on Twitter, The A Show as well. And you can see me on Real April Hunter for Instagram and April Hunter on Twitter. And where are you, where are you at? Where are you at, beautiful 
Big Not Ray, not Big Ray. Uh, you can find me at Colin Weissong on Twitter, uh, and then uh, every once in a while I'll be here, and then I float around. I might show up on America Unplugged. I might show up uh, at any other random podcast that'll have me here. Or they there. haven't restricted your movement yet. No, they really haven't. No, I, no, I, no. I'm still in a combustible engine car, so I can get around if I need. <laughs> there to. you go. There you go. And remember, everybody, united we stand. You don't even have to like other people. Just united we stand. Love everybody. Don't fight with them, okay? That's what they want. They want us divided. Don't divide. Unite, okay? Love you guys. Have a great night. Thank you for everything. Thank you for being here. Mwah. <laughs>